You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony. My guest today is Patrick O'Neill. He's the author of Anarchy at the Circle K. Check him out um, at Stories in Echo Park on September 11th at 7 p.m. They'll be on the back patio for a reading. And if you want to join me for a free creative writing workshop, come to the Los Feliz Branch Library at 6 p.m. on September 14th, Wednesday, located at 1874 Hillhurst Ave in Los Angeles. More information is at lapl.org. And now, Patrick and I discuss Infinite Jest Sucks, Punk Rock, Mabuhay Gardens, 1979, Doing Time in San Quentin, Why Books Should Be Judged by Their Covers, and so much more. Hi, it's Patrick O'Neill, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show! You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Patrick O'Neill. He's the author of Anarchy at the Circle K, On the Road with the Dead Kennedys, TSOL, Flipper, Subhumans, and Heroin. Patrick, how are you? Hey Tony, what's up? Glad to be here. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you gave your title like 10 paragraphs for me to read. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's it's the 12 second elevator pitch. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> no, it's good because it's it does say what specifically it is. I I I appreciate your title because I know what it's about, but not everyone else would know. It's a niche market. Right, because when I when I was like talking to you, and I'm like, dude, I don't have your book yet. Where's that thing where you wrote about being a franchise employee at the Circle K? <laughs> you know, I probably make more money as a franchise employee at the Circle K. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want I want your I want to, I want to see that. What was it? An employee manual for the Circle K? I think we did something else. <laughs> right. Make sure you put the products label first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah, saw that's... I saw a guy in Whole Foods, and that's his job to go around and turn all the things so the labels are out. And you know he's like making twice as much as we do. Oh hell yeah! You know, <laughs> but I mean, if you go go to Whole Foods and look, all the labels are out. Yeah, out yeah. Sticking out. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Go to Ralph's and it's like, you know, they're just thrown on the shelves. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to a Ralph's in a while to think about it. <laughs> oh, you're missing something. Come come yeah. to one of my neighborhood. It's pretty crazy. In, in, in Glendale? Yeah. So it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's its own little element. It's a little thing. That, you know, pe- people wouldn't refuse to wear masks during the pandemic there. It was like, you know, it's always sort of weirdness. It was like kind of strange. You know, at 3 a.m., it's always kind of weird, you know. What so. are you doing out at 3 a.m.? <laughs> I thought you, you got I, over this. You think I sleep? <laughs> Do you not? What is your, what's your sleep schedule? Do you not sleep that much? I, I don't. I really don't. But I got, uh, especially not this hot weather, I'm not. But, I, you know, I, I, I've been really going to bed around 1 or 2 and getting up at 5 for a while what? now. Wow. Yeah. That's only yeah. 4 or 5 hours a night. I know, and and you know, and it, it it wears on my uh on my lack of intelligence. It messes things up. Do you drink a lot of coffee during the day? You know, I can't drink coffee anymore. I it it, it kills me. So I, I'm I'm on I'm on green tea, man. Oh, yeah. well, that's why I'm you're on, glowing. I'm on matcha. <laughs> and, and, and what you know with a with an almond milk matcha or oat milk matcha, you know? Right, right, right. Where do you buy your Birkenstocks? <laughs> now you have permission to shoot me if you see me wearing a pair, a pair of black leather studded Birkenstocks. That's it. That, that's it. That's the end. That's that's when I'm moving out to Yucca Valley, and it's gonna be all over at that point. <laughs> I always thought it was Yucca Valley until about like five months ago. But uh, you know, I'm from San Francisco. We I I I didn't pronounce a lot of stuff correctly when I came down here. Right. I couldn't even say Coanga for the first two years when I came. Nobody, down nobody can. Yeah. And why is it Los Feliz? Right, exactly. You know, and I think, and I think I found that out. I think uh, Feliz is a person, yeah. and not the happy. So right. it's named after a person, and they de- then they and they decided to change their vowels. Right. They, the, the, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like Houston and Houston. 
Same thing. Right, exactly. You know, you go, you're out tech, you're out from Texas and you're in New York. You're like, where's Houston? Where's Houston Street? And they're like, that's Houston. You're like, what? Right. You know, it's, it's, I, it, it's weird. I but I kind of like that. I like it. I like that in New York where it's Houston. And if you say it right, you're kind of in the club. Like right. if you're in Los Angeles and you say Los Los Feliz, yeah. people go, Oh yeah, you know where you are. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm at. I'm like um near I'm right near the hospital you go to. Well, you yeah. never you never you never beat me when you're when you go there for checkups. Give me come <laughs> over and like I'll tell I'll, 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 I'll pull the uh string on your gown and look at your butt and then we'll have some coffee. <laughs> Classic. But you know, to be in LA, you gotta say the 10, the 101. Yeah. The one for the 405, and then they know you're a local. Yeah, I go back to San Francisco and I go. You got to take the 280 to the 92, just to mess with everyone. They want they want to kill me because you you know a San Franciscan when you say that is like right. It's like blowing an air horn in their ear because it just doesn't it doesn't compute and it never computed for me until I came to LA and right even and then it was kind of like so silly to say I'd be like oh did you take the 101 and people would be like yeah I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, no, wait, that's a joke. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's how we say it. Yeah. What, what really kills me is that people told me to take the Harbor Freeway. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is the Harbor Freeway? Right. You know, it's the 405. I'm like, really? Okay. No, is it the 405 or the 110? I forget which one it is. But anyway, that, that's right. how well I know it because I have no idea when they told me to take the Harbor Freeway. It's it's got a number. Just tell me the number, damn it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the hall and, and is in a 101's the Hollywood Freeway. Yeah, right. Hollywood Freeway. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's and then the it's 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 kind. Of, I don't know. I'm it endears me. Yeah. I'm I'm endeared by it to know all these little things. By PCH, Pacific yeah. Coast Highway. That 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 was I, I didn't even know it was Pacific Coast Highway. I just thought it was PCH, like PCP. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's the PCP you road. It, you thought it was call letters for a radio station. <laughs> they were going. <laughs> LA's one big one big radio show. Yeah. I think I think Rodney's there. Rodney on the Rock is there. It's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> um the uh you were you you guys were in what uh what you were in MacArthur Park before you moved over to Glendale. Yeah. Yeah, we were downtown. Yeah, downtown off of, of, of I get Pico Union, MacArthur Park area, right down there. And, and what was what was it like moving to Glendale? Like was it a relief? I I I there's, there's like well part of me. I say this because part of me like craves that kind of like more density because yeah. of living in San Francisco for so long. But also I feel like Los Angeles does it wrong. Right. Right. It's actually dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our neighborhood was, was, it was getting worse and worse and worse because the rent was going up and people were becoming more and more homeless and people were like going more and more into like, you know, five families in a, in a one, one dwelling and stuff like that. It was yeah. really, really getting bad. And like the, at the end of our, our staying there, we, we didn't move because we wanted to. We, we moved because they sold the building and gave us 60 days to get, get out. And mm -hmm. it was like, who, who cares? There's no rent control here. Just get out. You know, no money. Not, not going to help you. You know, oh, wow. you've, this, you've had this great deal for four years. Not get the hell out of here. It was yeah. a huge loft. It was beautiful. And uh, uh, and they, they kicked us out. But the writing was on the wall beforehand. They, they, the building was getting broken to a bunch. Uh, we, you go outside and there's a guy like shooting up in front of you, right in front, you know, yeah. on your front porch. And, you know, Jen, Jen, my wife, Jen was driving to work and she saw four or five people shooting up in, in a five block radius. You know? it, was yeah, like, yeah. it was like, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And, and, but, and when we had, we had to move it. So we, we, you know, when we did the usual thing in LA, it's like, oh, I'll move to Las Vegas. I'll move to, you know, Echo Park. And it turns out I can't afford Echo Park. I can't yeah. go move to Fort Vegas. I can't go to these places. So we started kind of going farther out. And we thought, I thought, I thought a really good place in Glendale. And I never thought I'd live in Glendale. Hell no. But we moved there and it was like, you know, green streets and all yeah. quiet and very nice. It was kind of suburban. And it was like from going to there, going from where we were, which was just hot and, and dirty and, and, you know, kind of place Jen couldn't walk at night. You know, it was uh -huh. like kind of tough. We moved there and it was like, it felt like totally different. And then COVID hit and we, and we were so glad not to be down in, in, in urban, you know, sprawl when COVID was there. Cause it, because unfortunately I guess a lot of people that neighborhood didn't even wear masks for the longest time and it just wiped out that whole neighborhood. And we got to Glendale. I mean, no people didn't wear people didn't wear masks here either, for, but for a different reason. But it was yeah. much more. It was, it was people weren't living on top of each other. Wasn't as bad. So, so it was it was nice, man. Nice to come out here. You know, do I That's like the right. commute? Do I like the commute? Not that much. Well, where do you commute to? Well, I, I actually my day job's in West Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
So it's yeah. a bit of a bit of a but it's only three days a week. It's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. 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 I was I hated commuting to UCLA one night a week. It would drive me nuts. Yeah. Because I, I from where I'm at, um, which is right next to Los Feliz. Um mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I'm in the, uh, what do, you, what do they call East Hollywood? I kind of call it the, uh, the dirty Los Feliz. Yeah. Yeah. Or lower Los Feliz. <laughs> lower, lower, like, like they do in San Francisco, lower Knob Hill. <laughs> lower Knob Hill keeps going lower and lower. Dude, I, think... I couldn't, I couldn't afford the rent he, uh, here anymore. I got rent control. Yeah. People in here are paying like $500 more than me oh, yeah. for exactly what I have. Yep. And then for, for me to go, so there's no way for me to bump up unless I put another 1500 down somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep, I came down here for, I came down here also for a job from San Francisco. I came down here 10, 12 years ago and it blew my mind. I came down here and got a studio apartment for $800 with, that had, it had, you know, parking and, and laundry and all this stuff like that. It was like amazing. Like that, that was, you couldn't even get, you couldn't even get a share with San Francisco at that price. Right. And I came down and then, and then when, when, when Jen moved down here and, until we were going to live together at that point, which was about four or five years after I moved down here, about six years after I moved down here, they just changed it. It totally changed again. I said, oh, the rent's cheap. It's going to be great. We're going to get a good place. Yeah. And like, you know, wasn't <sighs> happening, man. <laughs> if you would have had that loft under rent control, you wouldn't have moved. I, I know. I you know, <clears throat> wouldn't have moved, you know. What was it like? Um, like what how, what how when was the last time you ever lived with a woman before your wife? Never. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> back when I was like my drug, mom. Like, yeah, my mom. No, <laughs> no, back when I I mean, I I I I go to like when you know in, in sobriety, and that was actually to to uh uh, back when I was a drug addict, so wow. it was back back when Gun Needle Spoon came out, yeah, because then it was prison and there was no women there, and then I was in rehab where there was some women and so on and so forth, and then it was just a bunch of really uh, crummy, uh, you know, studio apartments in San Francisco, mostly south of the market, and a crack hotel and a bunch of other places like that, and then I got a really nice three bedroom uh, uh, flat in North Beach uh, that just the rent just kept going up and up and up and up till I couldn't you know couldn't even live there anymore. And that was with two other guys, you know, that was sort of well, it was a, 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 a continual changing parade of, of two other people. Because you, you might have the lease in San Francisco, but the people are like, I'm going to move out tomorrow. See you later. And it's like, ah, I come up, <laughs> right. up with $900 to cover them or $1,000 or whatever it was. Man. You know, that's, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't afford it. You know? Well, it what crazy. brought you to LA? Uh, well, you know, I got my MFA and I wanted to teach. And I couldn't get a oh. job. I couldn't get a job teaching up in uh, San Francisco or the Bay Area. I just couldn't find one. Plus, I, you know, I'm a criminal record, so people weren't jumping all over each other. To, right. That didn't get expunged me. until no, like no. Um, 2015. Yeah, about 2015 or so. Yeah. So I was I was applying and never get. You know, the the, the, the new the new uh, uh, you know ghosting people. You apply for things and they don't even call you to say that you didn't get the job. They just don't even talk to you anymore. And a friend of mine uh, down here, she had a, a job assistant teaching. I thought, you know, get me in there, get me in the door. And uh, uh, so I came down here for that teaching cool. uh, teaching bonehead English at, at LA Valley College. Bonehead yeah. English. English 101 to all those students that don't want to be there. We we hate you. Oh my God, that's got to be horrible. <laughs> you know, it it actually taught me a lot because I actually needed to learn grammar enough to I you know I know grammar I know it inherently, but I didn't couldn't really tell people how to do it. And one thing that was really interesting was was teaching it. You you got to learn how to tell people how grammar works. You know, and it, it's pretty it's pretty it made me like really you know learn how how things work because it's weird because you know when things are instilled in you. You just sort of know how they work, but I can't tell somebody how that works. Well, why? Why? And especially, oh, with the English, yeah. especially, especially with the English language, there's so many wacko little weird rules and stuff like that. You know, yeah. this, this this happened. Oh no, no, there's an e there. You can't do that. You know, <laughs> weird stuff like that. And then, you know, and so I was starting teaching it, so you know, people were like looking at me, why, and I go well, because that's the way it is. Damn it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but I had to go, go back and learn, uh, you know, all these things and, and and be able to teach English so that people could actually comprehend it. And there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, ESL here in, in, in Los Angeles too, people just coming yeah. in and trying to, you know, make a sense of this thing. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine going to Russia and, and, you know, having some high school, but jumping into college over in Russia, you know, but people do that all the time in America. They come in here yeah. with rudimental English <clears throat> and come in here and try and learn things. And it's just amazing, you know, 
you know, it, it just blows my mind. I, I, I so kind of like graded nicely to those people because I kind of thought, what the hell, man? You know, yeah. you're, you're you're doing it. You're you're in college, but then you, you you know, and your English is horrible, and you're writing papers. That's amazing. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I couldn't do that if I if I went to Mexico and tried to get no. it. Any, any type of job, they'd be like, yeah, habla inglés, and I'd be like, right. yeah, uh, gracias, <laughs> and they'd be like, go home. <laughs> you know, people talk to me. They wonder if I have the command of the English language. <laughs> yeah, i always apologize and i say i'm sorry english is my first language and that right, actually exactly. gets a laugh. it's just like I, I, my thing is though if you because I'll, I'll have a lot of students that are international coming in um, and writing for i'm only teaching screenwriting right now mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they, they come in there and they they really have an urgency to learn grammar but i'm like you're turning a phrase in such a cool unique way don't learn too much yeah because yeah. you're thick, because I could tell they're thinking in Portuguese or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the way they say it in English is yeah. really cool. And it's yeah. kind of their voice. And I'm like, keep going with that. Don't, right. don't limit yourself. Don't be correct. Just kind of still convey the thought. And then yeah, then they do it in the coolest way ever. And you're just like, I would have never thought to turn the phrase like that. Right, right. The uh just to tie into what we're gonna talk about, that the 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 roadie that I hired from Holland. He used to always say for what, you know, instead of what for. Uh -huh. And I, I love that because it sort of like said, you know, like it's like what for. It's like for what? For what am I doing this for? For what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I kind of like that. I like that. That was always a good phrase. You know, I, I used that for years. Yeah, it makes sense. I, mm -hmm. As long as it, if people people always think that I'm going to like nag them on grammar or saying stuff wrong. And I'm like. No, I, I understood what you said, and I don't even know the real word, but we, right. as long as you convey it, you're fine. This is, right? Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I teach creative writing. I, I'm like, I'm like, you should know your grammar before you come in here, <laughs> because because I'm not going to help you with that. I'm going to teach you how to. I'm going to teach you yeah. how to write creatively, but you know, you should you should have this stuff together, you know, because I, I I you know it, it's sort of it's it's it, it then you then you start teaching something else, then you then you're teaching English or whatever, and right. You know, not what we're here for we're here you know make your mistakes make a mess but get learn how to write a story <laughs> yeah exactly yeah D think you know? of the macro uh yeah it's just like oh should i uh should i work with an editor on my first draft absolutely not no <laughs> no, no go get sloppy write in crayon write in crayon on your wall <laughs> right yeah but my agent but should i put it on twitter after that no, no. don't you dare <laughs> I had a student ask me that once. She was just like, how do you get your work out there? Because I was going to start writing on Twitter. And I was like, that is the last place you want to put your first draft. Oh, God. <laughs> it's don't do it. There's that There's that uh, woman in Japan that wrote a book on, on with Twitter. You know, uh, she, it, it, it was written in little pieces on Twitter. And they put the book together and, and, she, and she published it, you know. And so I've had students go like, you know, but but this woman did that. Like one out of a million people wrote a book on Twitter. Why do you think that's a good vehicle for you to follow? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and um and if they did it right, they did like five to six drafts. They yeah, edited yeah. it. They re-edited it. It was ready for publication. It wasn't right. like, what are my next hundred and forty characters going to be? <laughs> Let's right. call it a brothel. Right. <laughs> exactly. That was a comeback from what we were talking about earlier for those of you listening. Right. Exactly. Before the broadcast. Political correctness. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk, we, let's, let's, let's talk about that because that was a suggestion for one of the edits for your book. Right. Yeah. Well, I, well it, it wasn't, it wasn't a suggestion. It was just a fact that a friend of mine uh, was having problems getting a good editor on, on the book. And there was a lot of problems and there was a lot of things getting by. And a friend of mine who is is really good, a really good editor, just jumped in there and did this thing. And then we got past the the, the wording, and and some of it was about you know what's what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, especially with with millennials and kids these days, and, and people who are going to read your book. And do I want to alienate an audience? And there was a whole bunch about sex workers, and and not that my book's really about that, but there's certain pieces in there, and and some some of it, you know, some of the words he talked about were important to me. I didn't want to alienate people by being unnecessarily sexist or, uh, uh, you know, and then that vein there. And, and I agree with that. But then but then there was like sort of like the like words of the time, which like whorehouse was one of the words and suggested brothel. And I just, you know, it just was like, you know, 
it, 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 that's not the word that would come out of my mouth in 1980. And so, yeah. so you know, so I mean, and so I want to keep, so it, it, it's a real fine line, you know, and who are you writing for, you know? And and, yeah. and who am I writing for? Am I being honest to me? Now, not that I want to make a bunch of people mad at me or have a bunch of people, sex workers, like thinking I'm I'm putting them down by saying a certain word, but I mean, it's, it's there's an authenticity in in the writing, and I think we get I think it gets really, I think I think it gets too much thought police happening when when we we can't just write it, especially 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 dialogue. Right. From you know from from <clears throat> from a person there you know I was I had this piece once that it got it was getting it was it was not it was kind of getting accepted I don't know I I could never could figure out the process with the rumpus and I sent it to the rumpus in San Francisco and and it, and it went back and forth and this the, what was really happening was this woman was having a really hard time with this character I had who was noticed his, his neighborhood had had changed from being an all white neighborhood into a, into a, uh, into a, a, you know, segregated neighborhood with, with a lot of, a lot of immigrants. And, and I said something like the neighborhood was getting browner is what I said. And I, I thought that was, you know, just, and, and it, actually I didn't say that he said that the character said that. Right. And, uh, uh, and, and that was the whole thing that she wouldn't put publish the thing for that. She was hand wringing over. She wouldn't publish it because of that and, and rejected my piece. And, and, but she wouldn't say that. She wouldn't yeah. say. She kept sending it back to me to re-edit it. I'm going. I don't know what you want from me, you know. And I, and I think I think that you know I think we get into trouble there, you know. Like my, that character was obviously a racist, you know. Yeah, it had problems there. You know, I'm not throwing the M word around, but I'm actually you know giving his thoughts and what what he felt and what he was in fear of, and that 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 I had to make that character that way without him saying I'm saying this. He's thinking this, you know, so I don't know. I, I went off on a tangent there, but I think we, we sort of. Our characters need to be flawed. I mean, we're, yeah. we're writing flawed yeah. characters yeah. who get themselves into trouble. Yep. That's, that's, I mean, if we're not writing characters that are not getting themselves into trouble, we're not writing stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I, and, and I, I don't, I'm not one, I, you know, my, but this is a quote somebody said, said someone quoted me on this and I think it's somewhere on the internet somewhere, but I said this in somewhere in a lecture or something like that. I said, if a writer isn't assaulting somebody, they're not doing their job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and it, it's the truth, you know, but I, I think we can, we can get in a bad place bending over backwards to, and I, I don't, I want to use this as, 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 for our people, you know what I mean? For 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 my people, which I consider, you know, not crazy right wing nutters, you know, yeah. I, I think there, there gets to be a whole word wording there. I'm not trying to find words that are insulting, but I, I it it's it, the words have to be true to life, if, especially to the character. I was I mean I'm, I've been reading Ulysses for the last couple of months for the yep, first yep. time I've and yep. and um and I'm also like doing this kind of online course so there's like a um a summary of the episodes like for about a, a 30 minutes after each episode so I listen to it to kind of keep grounded in the the narrative flow and then like I, and then and then explore more things it's just it's been so much fun I'm almost done with the book but um and you know uh Ulysses is got uh, not Ulysses uh, Leopold Bloom is talking a lot about prostitutes and and about uh, the brothel, and then the guy in the lecture he goes so in this section when he talks about sex workers and I'm like and it just kind of throws me off because I'm yeah. like no one said sex worker in 1920 or mm -hmm. it's set in 1906 I think or 1904 right, right it's just like that wasn't the term is prostitute back yeah. then it's it, yeah it's and it, and so if we try to pretend like there was a new word for it then. It's it, it like jars me a little bit. I'm just mm -hmm. like, wait, what? It's like even when people, you know, go back, uh, you know, it's I know we I know we can't use uh, like it has to be like trans transvestite or transsexual. But uh -huh. there used to be a club in San Francisco up yeah. until six yeah. years ago yeah. that had a little the shack mm -hmm. <laughs> that mm -hmm. if I even say the word, yeah. people will be like, oh, he's a bigot. And and it's just like. No, that's what they, they everyone called mm -hmm, each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's, yeah, I know. The trans, the trans, the transvestite shack in San Francisco. It's just like that doesn't make sense if it's 1999. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 that that you have to preserve that stuff. And, I, and I'm I'm sorry if it if it if it if it's if it now isn't insulting to people, but it it you wouldn't do any anything else in the world. You wouldn't you wouldn't go back and clean it up. You know, you, right. you, 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 it, it's just what it is. And, and you know, and I, I think we, you know, I worry about that stuff because I think what we're doing is we're, we're, we're homogenizing history in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? 
and and, yeah. and be, because you know and, and it's not like I, I go out of my way to use words to hurt people but i'm using words that are ingenuous to that to that time and and what people would say you know, right that that's that's all you know and also this is a memoir this is a memoir of you know me writing that person it's not a memoir of me writing it now looking you know like it, it's not written like that right if it was if it was written like me looking back on time and, and you know look look at what i did and here i am today and all like that but it's not it's a slice of life you know that 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 is not reflective of who I am at this point. You know, right? But, you know, and 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 also I don't want to I don't want to you know badmouth anybody who 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 wants to really think that way. I'm I'm I am I support you 100 percent if 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 that's insulting to you, whatever. But know that 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 this is my writing, and and if if that annoys you, then then don't read it. You know, and that brings us back to if people are insulted, that's great because we're writers. We're mm-hmm. here. To, we're here to offend half the people. Right, right, <laughs> and 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 when I say offend, I mean most of the time they'll be like, "This guy got published." It's not about <laughs> any words; they're just offended. They're not published, <laughs> right, right. But I mean, what are we gonna do? We're gonna go back and you know clean up Kerouac and and Burroughs and clean up all these people and clean up Howell, you know? Oh, we, wouldn't it be? Do, we should know? do that. You know? We should, I know. We should do I know that that'd be fun. You know, but, totally but I, clean clean up. Let let's clean up Naked Lunch. Yeah, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> Well, you know what's bizarre though is that stuff doesn't hold up. You yeah, know, I, I, I haven't read, read it in so long. I should give it another try. I I reread on I reread on the road when it came out in the in the in the the you know uh, city lights put put it out again in the hardback. Yeah, with, there was yeah. there was there was the whole roll, you know, kind of thing like that. Just how it was, how it originally was before it got edited, and it, it's it's unreadable. You know, and yeah. it's it's not even very good. You know, it's like geez, you know, and I thought that was amazingly and poignant. Awesome book when I was 17, 16 years old. Oh, that book changed my life when I was <laughs> yeah. 23. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it didn't, but I don't do you think it's because we've been writing for so long since we first read it that we go back and go, ah. Like, why be. did it why did it emotionally touch us when we were young? Was was there like such a naive, like naive personality in us where it just something was just like this guy speaks to me? Yeah, I think I think they were singing our song. You yeah. know, they they were singing this song that we wanted to hear somebody say. Yeah, you know, and the problem was with us today is everybody goddamn said it already. <laughs> yeah, you know, which I mean, which which is which is true and not true, you know, but it, it it's I, you know, there's a lot of things that don't hold up, you know, but but it, are we gonna be classics? Are you and I gonna be classics coming down? Uh, you know, hundred years from now, like, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, do, do I write my books thinking that? No. I want my time now while I'm alive. <laughs> I don't care what happens when I'm dead. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. I. You know. I think. I don't know. I can't remember any specifics, but I do. I think people still read on the road when they're young, mm-hmm. and like, and even less. I, I just. I picture a young lady in my class reading on the road and going, "Oh yeah, that changed my life," and it's just it's all the. It got, you know, it just gets to the point where you teach so many classes, you forget who and mm-hmm. what said what. But it's just like maybe it still hits a person at a certain point where they they see something into it. Like, oh, like even um, what was I thinking about the other day? Like music, mm-hmm. like going back and yeah. listening to some music, even even punk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I was listening to, but it meant I, it meant everything to me when I was oh, I was listening to Suicidal Tendencies first record. Yeah. Sure. sure. And and I was listening to it. Like just, I know every lyric to every song. I saw your mommy and your mommy's dead. Right. I, I, I can go front to back on that thing. Cause I had the cassette and I just, it was nuts. And then I sat back and was like, wait a second, try to listen to this, not being nostalgic and just pretend like it came out now. Yeah. And it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she wants. She I want a Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. It's so stupid. (laughs) You know, I shot Reagan. I shot Sadat. I shot your (laughs) right, right. I know. It meant so much to me in 1986, and now I I I think we go back to that. that Someone, someone is is singing your song. Someone is saying what you want them to say. Someone is finally saying it. You know, you know, and we we all have that. We all want to, you know, we all want to identify with it. And and before, like when without the internet and things like that, you know, we felt there's a lot of alienation. You know, and I and I know I know me growing. I you know the whole the whole rap that everybody talks about. I grew up thinking that you know 
that I, that I didn't fit in and feeling like I didn't fit in and, and, and all that stuff like that. And, and, when, and when, when Punk show reared his ugly head, I got a, I walked into a room with a bunch of disenfranchised people who were really upset about it, the world. And I was like, oh, cool. These guys yeah. know what I'm talking about, finally. You yeah. Know? And, and the thing that always got me with, with Punk was that it, it didn't need to be good. It didn't need to be like the most kick-ass music. It didn't need to be. It, it just needed the energy. Yeah, and that that's what really meant to me. Like, the, like bands like, like like Dead Kennedys and 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 you know things, bands like that, like T.S. Wall, things like that. They just pumped it out there. And I think they they were the better, you know, of the echelon. They were the better uh, bands of, of 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 the ilk and you know, like that. But you know, I mean, the first band I saw when I was getting to punk rock was was DOA from Canada. Oh yeah, and and, and they blew my mind. You know, yeah. you know, and I went from like you know watching arena rock, and I think I had just seen like you know like the. Uh, Julius Priest or somebody at, at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, and uh, the night before, and I went over to the Mabuhay Gardens and walked in. I had long hair, was a rocker kid, was seventy nine or something like that. Went over, went over there, walked in. And there was three guys up on stage, like killing it, like unbelievable energy, just so badass. And and I and I and it, it was like you know, weighing that huge bloated show of Judas Priest where he rides out on the Harley and everything like that, like you know, like it was just like mm, okay, that it was, it was all, felt choreographed. And then there's these right. guys like, you know, throwing stuff and, you know, beers flying in the audience. It's just crazy. They're two feet away from me. And I was yeah. like, this, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. This is the kind of energy I'm looking for. It's you connection. Yeah. Because yeah. like a Judas Priest show, you know, um, I never saw them live. But like, you know, back in the day when they were huge and they had this they had this um, persona on their yeah. records or whatever. And, you know, and we thought their songs were like amazing. Actually, they are pretty amazing. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, riding out on a Harley on a stage. Is yeah. Kind of really stupid and disconnecting. It's just like, <laughs> did he just get here? Was he that late? You couldn't find parking. Is that what's going on? <laughs> right. Right. And it was so huge. I mean, there's like this, all these amps and giant and like your, your cow palace is somebody is echoing it's a horrible place to see anybody and yeah. i'm in the i'm in the audience in a you know in a sea of people in, in down on the floor looking up and it just like i was it was just i just didn't it, it was it was it was just it was disappointing it was disappointing it would be you know it's because so because i went to all my jehovah's witness conventions at the cow palace yeah so we would be there for four days you know eight hours a day listening to like bible sermons mm -hmm. and then we would walk the corridors and see the photos of like ozzy osborne and stuff and these were all <laughs> these were all the like people who played and it's and part of me would just sit there and go wow we're sitting in the same seats yeah. that like yeah. these guys were here and that's how close i can get to them was being just at the at the venue at the right. palace and i only saw one band there it was i saw you two there i think um, oh in 86 that was the only time i saw a show there mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. and um and, and at the time i was just like oh my god i've sat in these seats and listened to bible lectures for <laughs> you know years and years and years and now i'm here <laughs> with you too <laughs> i saw the almond brothers there on new year's eve in, in 74 or 73 or something like that yeah it was, it was just unbelievable it was just such it was just it was just you know so many wasted people and, mm -hmm. and they're they're playing that kind of dribble that they were like not even interesting. Dickie Betts was sort of noodling on his guitar. And I'm just like, this is the worst. We're all on acid. It's horrible. <laughs> but did you think it was horrible at the time? Cause you were wasted. So you probably, no, I thought it was amazing. You know, I was never yeah. a huge Elmer brother fan, but I thought it was amazing, but it was, just, it was the same thing. It was just, it was, it was just like, you know, I could have been anywhere, you know, I could have been anywhere with a huge right. band up there uh, and with a bunch of people. And it was just, you know, that, that biggest thing, it wasn't a personal thing anymore. And, yeah. and, the, and the energy was sucked out of it. You know, yeah. any any pretense that that he hadn't played the same lead, you know, yesterday in Atlanta, you know, <laughs> you know, right. You know, it was just and I, I think that I think that's 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 the, you know, and, and, and I'm going to circle back around. But we sort of got out of those books and music that, that really talked to us before was that improvis improvisation and you know and riffing and sort of this whole thing that, that we because like just like punk just like writing all these things like that was all new territory it was all new territory to to, to, to bring out and, and talk about it and, and show and and express and then share and I think yeah. that made it that made a huge huge difference a huge difference you and know? yeah you know and that makes sense because that's why 
someone like Kerouac or someone like Bukowski would be like, oh, my God, because they're making us read Pride and Prejudice and in mm-hmm. high schools or whatever. And we think that's what reading is. I thought the Bible was what reading is. I didn't I go. knew nothing else. Yeah. And then um, and then I read something like that and go, wait, that speaks to me. But then it leads to, you know, reading, you know, uh, what do you call it? insatiably for the yeah. rest of yeah. your life. And that's great. That's the best thing you can do. <laughs> You're chasing that high. <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't even need to be chased i mean as i'm sitting here like you yeah. know just like digging into ulysses and and the reason i mean mm-hmm. I, I talked about this before but the reason i'm digging into ulysses is because of jim rulin because yeah. he's got yeah. a tattoo of james joyce on one arm right. and a tattoo of ulysses on the other and i'm like right. if that guy's dedicating his skin for the rest of his life <laughs> i'm gonna get through these 50 pages again and i'm gonna do the whole thing right right and so i'm doing the whole thing i'm almost I'm, yeah you guys are better than me because I can never make it through it. Well, I di- I'm doing it with a little bit of help through the yeah. the um because it's the hundredth anniversary of publication. Mm-hmm. So they have uh this thing where it gives you like a five minute like pep talk before the episode. Ah. So there's 18 episodes, and then it um and a lot of it is like, hey, don't worry about this, don't worry about trying to connect it to the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And and then they'll tell you what connects later, but it really doesn't mean anything listen to this language and, 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 and it's, it's gotten me through about, I'm what I'm 550 pages in right now. So, wow. okay. And I'm probably going to cool. read it again. It's because it, there's something to it. And there, and it's almost like, a, um, it, there's something magical to it. That's kind of like hard to touch. And now you're just showing off. And I like Dave Eggers. No, no. Who's the one I hate? No, 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 not, no, Not no, Dave no, Eggers. No, Who's the one I, I hate? Uh, uh, David Foster uh, Wallace. Infinite Jest. Infinite, Infinite Jest. Oh, you won't. You don't get it unless you read it twelve times. On the twelfth time, <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't yeah. It. You'll you'll go about you'll buy wristbands and a tennis racket. <laughs> I, Infinite Jest. I've given Infinite Jest. 200 pages because of I, how many people tell me it changed their life and i'm like yeah i there's this still nothing you just go it read a footnote yeah the footnote it's all the footnotes it doesn't make it doesn't oh. make any sense to me i can't yeah. i can't do it i can't do it I, I also i readily admit it i also readily admit this too and 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 you know i don't read and, and you know i don't read books that that are old <laughs> that are I don't what? read books. I don't read books that are more than fifty years old and stuff. You know, I I, I just I, uh, I stopped doing it. You know, because uh, the language didn't speak mm-hmm. to me. Now, when I was coming up and and in early early career of writing or early attempts at writing or whatever like that, and I was reading things like Jerry Stahl's Midnight and 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 uh, 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 Jim Carroll's uh, Basketball Diaries and and uh, uh, James Brown's uh, uh, L.A. Uh, Di- L.A. Diaries. And uh, uh, all that stuff, like you know, like that, that stuff spoke to me, and there was a yeah. language there, and 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 there was a certain language there, the certain things that people were using. There was a certain you know subject matter, of course, was all about drugs and all stuff like that. But I couldn't go back and then go read Ulysses. I couldn't go back and then you know read uh, 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 Raymond Carver and stuff like that. It just didn't it it, it didn't speak to me there. And there's a certain language that that I needed at that point. And, uh, you know, I'm kidding. I, I read a lot of the books now, but I mean, it, when I'm coming up like that, it was totally, I needed that language. And, yeah. and I think, I think that goes back to what we talked about with, with, with punk rock and, and with, uh, you know, whatever, how important it is at that point, that language is, 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 is doing what we needed to do, you know, yeah. and it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's fulfilling that need in us. And I think that that's really important. I guess, you know, and, and so it might not, have legs it might not last you and you you come you might mature and come up maybe hopefully we'll mature one of these days yeah. and then <laughs> you come back to it and read it and go what is, what is this crap you know like that yeah. you know but but it, but at least and i think you i think you hit the nail on the head right there it opened the door yeah it totally opened the door and and we that was because reading was not you know something that i was going looking for to do you know but but then i started reading these guys and there was it it it, it opens your mind it's, it's, it's like like going to school same thing i mean you sort of you you start reading you start talking you start you start you, what you what happens here's what happens you join the conversation that's what happens yes you know yes. and that's when we start reading that book you start joining that conversation and, and, that, and i think that's that's really important to acknowledge you know? were you were you reading when you were still uh getting high yeah, I was reading, you know, somewhat. I was nodding out most of the time. Yeah, but I, I was not, I was not an avid reader. You know, I, I, okay. I, I, I came back as, I mean, as a kid, I was really into comics and it's like that. And much of the chagrin of my, you know, MIT professor dad, I was not really big on reading. And it wasn't, an, and also I had, I had a diagnosed re- learn, learning disorder. I had, I had, I had dyslexia, 
And uh, uh, so uh, at the time when you were kids in those those days back in the sixties when I was a kid, they just put like, you on the like, short bus. Yeah, you're, like, <laughs> you're you're dumb. You're dumb. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, Does uh, he drool too? No. <laughs> right? All right, put him in the normal room. <laughs> but when I when I fucking when I discovered discovered uh uh uh, uh you know books and like that, I I, I the first thing I read was uh, uh Malcolm X's diary, and it, it blew oh, okay. my mind. It absolutely yeah. blew my mind. It opened it up. And I, then I went on to read a bunch of other stuff like that, and that that's when Kerouac came in and something like that. Because I sort of saw, you know, it, you, you're a kid, you want to pull back the side and see what what what's going on out there. You want to see that stuff, you know. And here's this whole other world that we're not going to be probably part of, but you know, it, it, it somebody else is going to. I mean, that's what books are about. So here here's something that you're never going to experience, but check it out, you know. And, and, and we and we had to find it. We had to discover yeah. it. No yeah. one can give it to you. You got to go there and go. Mm -hmm. Wait, mm -hmm. here's why. Here's Malcolm X's diary. And this is important to me right now. Yeah. And then you're done. You're like, who do I do after this? Right. Because my the first novel I read where it just touched my soul was mm -hmm. Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. Mm -hmm. How I mm -hmm. got to that, I have no clue. But I remember yep. the library and I remember being so stoked that I finished it. And I was like, where do I go now? And mm -hmm. I just like walked through the stacks and I saw crazy cock, um, mm -hmm. Henry Miller. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, there is a book called crazy cock. <laughs> and so I just pulled that out and, yeah. and I, ha I haven't read it since then, but it meant everything to me at the time. And I actually just, or I actually just had it shipped to me. Um, mm. It, it, it's supposed to be terrible his like it's supposed to be his crappy book, book before yeah before he got to the before he got to some stuff and right. i'm like and I'm, I, I can't wait to read it again because i'm gonna be like what was i thinking when i was 23 or mm -hmm, 22 mm -hmm. you know yeah and then it's just like then henry miller kind of veered me toward oh wait what's a beat generation yeah yeah and then right and then you're just like oh it's it, yeah. it, and then that just after that you're just like okay now i'm in now now yeah. i'm addicted to reading yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I opened the door for me like like Kurt Vonnegut, and yeah. then, and then and then I forget that I forget the author's name, but he wrote on watermelon sugar. Remember him? He's like a hippie author. No. I, I, anyway, he then the, and then it went to this next, it went to that next, and and yeah. it started. I started looking for the harder edge and things that sort of you know were dangerous and things to look yeah. at, and and really liked that. You know, you know, uh, uh, who's who's a who's a, you know, I, I can't remember his name, but the uh, the hard boiled author out of Chicago. Out, out. Um, uh, and anyway, just like I'm mumbling on, I'm mumbling on. Radio I know. It, it, well, I, Dashiell Hammett, Dashiell Hammett, San Francisco. Right, right, right. Um, Nelson Algers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't read anything by him. Okay, okay. He, he's, he's like, 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 like you know, Polish tenements and hardcore guys, you know. And uh -huh. Upton Sinclair did did that that whole thing on 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 the stockyards and and, and murdering uh, of animals up in Chicago and. It just you just sort of go into these trends. It just gets darker and darker and darker. And then all of a sudden you're reading Burroughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is cool. You know, I, I think you know. I think that we, I think you and I also are in that in that you know we're we're in that we're in that 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 area that that not genre but that you know we're we're, we're depicting a definite thing that that is 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 you got to pull back the screen to look at. You know, yeah. you're, you're you're opening up a whole thing about about you know uh, your the religion you were in and, and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I'm not you know, letting you see the 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 punk rock and and and, and heroin addiction and things like that. You know, and and, and so it's always going to be someone's always going to want to touch the flame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone's going to want to go. Ow, that hurt. I want to see what's happening there. You know, and I think yeah. that and, and I think you know I I I, I, I think that's one of the reasons I, I write. You know. And I want to, I want to, I want to write that flame. Let's go back to your DOA show. Okay. Did, did some, did you know who they were or did somebody bring you to that show? Someone brought me there. I, I was good. I was that was a, the, so you, yeah. so you didn't, did you know what the Mabuhay Gardens were? I knew what the Mabuhay Gardens were because I was at art school at the time. I was at San okay. Art Institute. So a bunch of bands were coming out of there, like the Avengers and the Mutants and stuff like that were coming out of the Art Institute. And uh, but I wasn't going down there. I, I you know, I was, I was, I was, wasn't, I wasn't, you know, wasn't really sure what it was about. It looked weird. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. And I, and I, you know, I was, I was, you know, like a nervous kid that, that was was into art. You know, it was like you know, about art. And uh, and a friend of mine said, "You got to come down. You got to see this band. They're, they're incredible." And I was in a band with him. We were in a horrible band together. 
and uh, 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 I went down there just, just to see it. And you know, the 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 look was was putting put me off. You know, but I went in that room, and all of a sudden, I was in, I was in the middle of the crowd yeah. watching it. You know, and just like okay, you know. And then, then literally the, the next day, my hair I cut my hair off. And then, and then the really? week, really, yeah. And then the week after that, uh, uh, the Ramones played the Civic Center. I mean, I mean, outside in front of in front of City Hall, they played oh. a free show at twelve noon and and, and out there. Yeah. And I, I I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. And then the next night, I saw them at the old Waldorf with Crime opening up. Wow. And, and that, that that was it. Then I just sort of like you know, then it was just sort of diving in. And uh, after a while, I started. I, I was hanging out at the Mab, and then then I started. I started working at the Mab, and then I started working with bands and yeah. stuff like that. So it's like like transgression. But I I jumped right, I jumped right in. I, I, it was because I just you know I was like I said it was it was it was sort of I was always kind of looking for something, and I was on the tail end of the of the rock and roll sort of thing, and wasn't really my thing. Plus, I wasn't I wasn't that good a musician, you know. I still not. I'm not that good a musician, you know. And and, and but but that wasn't like I said. It wasn't the point. It was the energy. Yeah, and, and I and and I and I and I really clicked with that. Now none of my bands ever made it; they're all horrible, and nobody ever wanted to see them. But uh, uh, it 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 got me in the door, and I got it. And I, and and again, we go back to it. I, I got me into the conversation. It right. got me in, 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 into what was going on. It got me into the scene. And then that 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 was like you know you found your tribe. You yeah, totally found your tribe, and that that's really important. Totally. How and then um, how long were you in San Quentin? <laughs> That's a nice segue. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we're coming to the end. I'm like, oh man, we gotta get to the real. We gotta get to the meat here. I, I was, this I was, is two middle aged dudes going. Punk rock was fun. I was, I was in San Quentin for 18 months, but I was, but I, but it was a four year sentence, time served, two years in in prison, two years in county. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and then. I mean, how do how do you survive that? How, like when you're when you go into prison, like there's like they, I don't know if they call it hazing or they like how do you <laughs> how how do you find your tribe there? You don't. You don't. No, I mean, if you want to find your tribe there, they're waiting, and you can jump right in and go be an Aaron Brotherhood or whatever you want to do. It's it's sort of you're you're limited on your choices of what you want to do. You you go right. hang out with the woods, or you go hang out with the, the Aryan Nation, or something like that. It's, or you it's, don't. It's like race based, and that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Or you don't, you know. And the yeah. thing was, the thing was that I'd already I already cleaned up in county. I did eighteen months in county fighting my three strikes case, and obviously didn't get three strikes case. Uh, got two two strikes, and 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 and, and the time served, and, and the time I had to do. Uh, and uh, you must have been sweating because three strikes is life. Oh, yeah, they were doing yeah. 25 life, they're trying 25 life me, which is like scary as hell. Uh, so you know, I, I like, but what I cleaned up in, in, in county jail and went to, went to, went to, went to the, into the system. And then weirdly, weirdly, they kept me in San Quentin, but when, when usually they that's a gateway and you go sent off to a cork or some other horrible prison. And it was, it was actually lucky to stay there because it, it, there's a lot of revolving people and it's not so. You're not not so like you know if you know everybody, and, but like I was a level four yard, you know, with the murderers and the bank robbers and everybody, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, the thing is, if you're not looking, if you're not doing drugs, if you're not having sex, if you're not betting, if you're not gambling, if you're not, you know, doing some kind of scam, they have no use for you, mm-hmm. you know. And also, you know, I survived it also because I, I was I had just come off, you know, being in county jail and the streets for many years. And I had that attitude. Could I do it now today? Probably not. I wouldn't be the same headspace. I wouldn't right. be ready to like, you know, and plus I'm, you know, 25 years later, you know, but, but, you know, and I was, I was, I was more violent. I was more apt to get into violence. I was, that, that's sort of what I knew in those days. And, and so, so, you know, that it, what happened was basically at one point coming back from commissary, the canteen with my stuff, somebody tried to take it from me and I, you know, I had to get into a fight with them, show heart, you know, and, and do the thing. And, and then basically I was not somebody that wasn't to be, you know, there was nothing to gain from me. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to fall over and I wasn't going to join up and I wasn't going to, and I, I just, you know, they, they just, they just, uh, stopped, stopped looking at me. And I, I actually joined a writer's group in San Quentin and started writing. And that, that and that, that that was what got me through. And I spent a lot of time in my cell reading. I read a book a day, like just you know every wow. day, like book, 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 book. And a lot of it was crap. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of it was Sidney Sheldon and crap like that. Because not like there's a good library there, right? But I just reading something. And my sister mailed me a bunch of books too. And uh, and you know, if you don't go out to the yard, and half the time it's freezing out there anyway, you're you're, you're away from a lot of the mayhem. You know. I mean, pr- prison is just an unbelievable amount of boredom punctuated by intense moments of violence. Yeah, that's, that's maybe what pr- basically what prison is. 
and and it's so so I, I you know I survived it just just not being in the mix you know and not not being part of and then having something else out there and hooking up with a bunch of other people that were like minded uh, you know uh, half the guys who were in the writing group were, were uh, you know doing life you know so it, it was it was it was you know it was it was a the better quality of people to be hanging out with I guess I guess you know I mean because if you're in a level one yard it's all a bunch of you know petty thefts and and crazy people and there's a lot of drugs and people are going back and forth and you know it, it's like it's like it's extension of the streets but if you're there with people who are doing a lot of time you know this is their house they don't they don't want a bunch of mayhem and craziness there oh, right. you know and so they, they keep things down to you know they, they're the ones doing the violence they're the ones keeping it down to you know there, there's no there's no you you, you if you if you're if you're they're doing dirt you get rolled up and you're, you're out of there you know right kind of thing like that so I mean, you know, like in the in the in the there's a thing called R and R release and whatever it's called. I can't remember at the moment. Uh, that's where you come in. You 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 come in and uh, it's 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 a whole cell block of people just coming in, and, and you're supposed to be done in 30 days when you get classified. But it can take up to you know three months and 90 days. You you're in the cell 20, 23, 24 hours a day. You shower once a week. You're eating bag lunches. You know, it's pretty bad. And uh, oh, I was like, it just sounds like my life, right? Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a level of noise that's 24 hours a day, and it's screaming, oh. screaming at the top of young. Some guy in the sixth tier is yelling down to the guy in the first tier, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. It, and it's also like the most stupidest conversation you've ever heard in your life. The low, the lowest of low, just nothing there. It's all bravado, it's all you know, toxic masculinity, it's it's all this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> You, know, it, it, you it, yell it, at yourself, stop yeah. that toxic, mas toxic masculinity. Yeah. Who said that? Who said that? It's I'm Patrick O'Neill. <laughs> Sell two, three, four, four. Anyway, and uh, and when I got moved over to the, to, to the level four, it, it was just there was noise during the day, but at night, quiet. Oh, you know, man. it just it just turned to a whole different thing. It wasn't yeah. you're not going to disrespect these people, and you're not going to disrespect these people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's hardcore. You know, and and so it, it you know all you got to do is just keep your head down. The first 30, 60, whatever it took. It took me like seventy days to get into get into the main population, and yeah. uh, you know, and and you all, you also run a separate yard, all kinds of things. You know, so it's it's a much different thing. You know, yeah. So yeah. That's 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 it. You you plan on going? You want to go tip? Is that what you want no, to know? No, no. <laughs> Neither am I. No, my my, co am my I. cousin, my cousin's in jail right now, and he's getting sentenced. And it's, really? <clears throat> I'm finding out bits and pieces. My uh, other cousin was in San Quentin for a while too, but it's just like, you know, my family's just really open communication, so I just get bits and pieces yeah. here and there. <clears throat> I'm like, wait, what happened? Why is why is he going to prison? And I wow. actually. I had to look. I had to look him up to find out what he was charged with. And mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. like, "Well, that's a different story than I what I was told." Right. <laughs> right. Okay, that's why they were off. That's why they were trying to do thirty and plead him out at eight. <laughs> okay. I'm just right. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I was talking to my therapist, and she's just like, "What your family's gone through? What like the, your family narrative is? You're either going to just be like psychotic and end up in prison, or you'll be resilient. You'll have to fight to like." to the to a certain level but there's a fight involved so she's like you yeah. fought your way to stay out of that because you could have went dark anytime yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. just like it's it's weird i it's and it's just like and that that's what i was trying to figure out from her because i'm like you know the, i'm blood related to these people why right. is this going to still happen to me you know right. this is this is right. close to my dna this well, it, 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 <laughs> I, there's not a lot of people in my family that have been to San Quentin. Yeah, I got, you know? I, I don't know where they're going to uh, uh, do uh, my other cousin. I, didn't, I almost said his name out loud. Yeah, but, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, we're listening to this podcast. And we, heard <laughs> we heard about your cousin. Your cousin. He you said you did them, it. <laughs> he said you read them books. <laughs> He's an idiot. So we're going to beat him down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just uh, as what where do we come from and how do we get out of our weird situations, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. So were you mm. what, so when did you read Permanent Midnight? Were you clean when you read that, or were you still coming off? Uh, I, I well, mm, I think I read it when I was loaded, and yeah. don't remember it. And yeah. then when I when I when I was clean, I read it. Yeah, and I, you know, it blew my mind. 
You know, yeah. it's like it's like it's like because I was writing stuff like that. I got I got out I got on parole and I, and I, and there was these things called blogs people were doing I'd never even heard of because I never even owned a computer or nothing like that before. Yeah. And uh, not that I was in there that long, but you know, my my junkie life was not you know writing or having a computer or you know stealing computers and selling them, mm-hmm. but uh, you know stealing your computer or something, you know. But uh, uh, yes, and 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 I got into it and I started writing a, a blog where I published a thousand words every week and and started getting a following because actually people actually read blogs back in those days. Yeah. And they, they sort of got into it and stuff like that, and I really started trying to look at myself as a writer and 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 uh, you know, I I I I, I, w- I wasn't confident enough to call myself a writer, but I wanted to be a writer. And, uh, uh, and and so I started reading a bunch of people, like a bunch of books that really, that really, you know, that, that resonated with me, you know, or, or I thought would resonate with me. A lot of them didn't. A lot of them didn't have anything I really wanted. Uh, I'm not going to name any names like that. <laughs> books I didn't want. It. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Ah, that one you can. Anyway, you know? <laughs> I, sometimes I judge books by the author. Sometimes I, I've gone into Skylight and I'm just like, oh God, I can't oh, even look no. at that book because I know that guy and he's an ass. <laughs> me, me and Robert Barris want to do a podcast where it was all about judging a book by its cover. And I would just, just come on like, did you see the cover? Did you look at this thing and to talk about it for an hour, like yeah. how bad the cover was. But, you know, I that, like that. that. Really and, the, and the author photo. Some of those yeah, author yeah. photos yeah, are yeah, just right, atrocious. Right, right, exactly. You know? I love the author photos that are obviously like four, taken 40 years ago. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And you're you like, dude, you're you're on book tour. <laughs> this is, this was taken in 1982. <laughs> They're not gonna notice. They're not gonna notice. Yeah. It's it's like you're online dating. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord, don't even go there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yep, I'll, right? I'll go weep in fetal position. Right. right. You're you're lucky you have a lady over there. There you in, go. In the suburbs of Glendale. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. god, man. So you got, you got to come to my book release, man. I'm sending you an invite. All right. When it, when is it? Do I really have come, to? Yeah, it's gonna be stories and it's stories on 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 nine eleven. Oh, o'clock. okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. The date right. date to remember. Yeah, and and this will be up by then. So that's nine. Uh, that's uh, September 11th at yeah. Stories and Echo Park in Los Angeles. Yep. Any other yep. readings? Uh, not that I know, but I'm gonna have a few more after that. I've got to put them together. You know, the whole the whole thing of launching a book in COVID and, and the pandemic has been a real mess. You know, I I don't really uh, want to have my uh, my book release being the, the super spreader events that you got COVID at and remember me for. You know, so it's, it's been story, pushed stories back, is you know? outdoor on the patio. No, no, that's I, why I, that's I, why we pick stories. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, like to put up before, like we like look, we're looking at things, and then a while ago, uh, I went to Natasha Dion's opening at at a, a book release at a, 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 a skylight. And uh, uh, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have events." And the next day, like, "We're not having any more events." <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like, it was like, "What do we do here?" You know, yeah. and, and and like, you know, with, with Gun Needle Spoon, I was like all over the place when I, you know, my like press pay for a cross country you know tour and like this. And like this one's like, you know, one I, I don't for one for a while that I didn't even want to go anywhere. I don't right. wanna, you know, I don't want to go, you know, trying to read through a mask or something like that. And uh, and I, you know, with with Anarchy Circle K, it's just sort of like it's been just trying to get it out and how does it, how does this kind of work? How does, how, what, what do we do here? You know, and it's a whole yeah. different animal. It's like I, I think I think a lot of people are feeling that with with their with their books right now. Yeah, you know, it's bizarre. It's new to, new days, new days. But I, yeah. I think I think hopefully, what a lot of people have taken from the pandemic was they read more. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that that ain't too shabby. No, we always need new readers. <laughs> Patrick, thank you for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, my man.
O'Neill on Drinks with Tony, check out his new book, Anarchy at the Circle K, out now on Punk Hostage Press. And remember to check out his reading at Stories Books and Cafe in Echo Park on September 11th at 7 p.m. Next week on the show, we have A.M. Holmes, and she'll be chatting about her new book, The Unfolding. Thanks for listening. You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.